I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March. And ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is The Edge with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. What up, folks? Welcome in. It is a hump day edition of The Edge. And coming up in 30 minutes, no better to break everything down within the world of Major League Baseball than Smoking Coken. Dave Coke is going to be with us. Smoking Coken, of course. He's got a lot going on in the world of Major League Baseball, including uh, what was a weird blow-up between Madison Bumgarner and the umpires in that matchup here today. Uh, the Miami Marlins trailing the Arizona mm-hmm. Diamondbacks right now, 8-7. to seven. Ian Kennedy on the hill to try to close this thing out in the bottom of the ninth. But uh, we'll get to that and all the shenanigans of all these day games that are currently underway in Major League Baseball. But odd day today. Dave Koken, Mr. Baseball, going to be on with us. If, uh, if you see Buster Olney and Dave Koken both tweeting about something, you know it's a big deal. It's very true. And that's <laughs> Mad Bum uh, being ejected. A Scott Seidenberg with a conspiracy theory. Uh, well. Yes, I think he was. So we have alleged. a lot going on in baseball yeah. betting early today. When it's uh, when it's nine o'clock in the morning, and I'm seeing Scott Seidenberg allege potentially that umpires had the, fi- the game fixed or something like that, <laughs> uh, you know it's going to be a long day in Major League Baseball. And there's like three double headers, so we got a lot to get to with Dave. But uh, we'll start with the NBA from last night, and it was uh, a pretty good night last night. It was an interesting night to say the least as we look at the uh, results that took place. But I think you got to begin with a series that is now one-one going back to San Francisco. Golden State Warriors fall to the Memphis Grizzlies. 106 to 101. Ja Morant with 47 points, 15 of 31 shooting. He was 12 of 13 from the free throw line. Scores the final 13 points for the Memphis Grizzlies to lead them to a victory. Uh, by the way, each one of those possessions picking on Jordan Poole or Steph Curry defensively. Wait a um, minute. I thought Steph Curry was a bulldog as a defender after what happened at the end of game one. 
We called him a bulldog. Did I call him? I was not say. you. Uh, I was going to say. Remember the deflection? Uh, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. Uh, well, it, he is compared to what happened to Jordan Poole, where Poole got spun around like he was in a vortex <laughs> in the middle of the paint. Uh, Steph Curry did look pretty good. But the Memphis Grizzlies get this win, so they earn a split at home, and now go back to San Francisco. We'll talk about your job, Morant, for a second. Go ahead. All right, 47 points last yep. night, right? It was great. I don't watch the Grizzlies as much as you do, obviously, this season, especially throughout the college basketball season. I wasn't watching the Grizzlies at all. I've, I've watched them a lot more here in the past couple of weeks. And here's my scouting report on Ja Morant. Can't go right. Overplay his left hand all the freaking time. Does he score 90% of his points going to his left? It seems like it. It does. He likes to go Break to that down, left serious. side. Yeah. I'll do some tape breakdown on this because I, I don't understand how a guy who does not go to his right can score 47 points on you. you got to overplay his left and double when he goes left. Yeah, I, I, I thought the Warriors had a really poor defensive plan last night because I kept watching this, and I've noticed this with uh, Morant the last couple weeks. He goes left, 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 left. Yeah. Which is weird because I think he's right-handed too. Yeah, but yeah. He, he scores almost all his points yep. going to his left. I mean, well, and it's a good point, too, because if, if I remember correctly, uh, the potential game winner uh, against the Golden State in game one, he went left on that one. Uh, when you talk about the game winner against Minnesota, went left on that one, too. So all those highlights uh, it would make sense when you take that observation. And I got to say, too, from a defensive game plan standpoint, you know, I tweeted this out yesterday. Like, at some point, I get it, he's, he shot 34% from three this year. Like, at some point, stop making them practice jump shots. Like, they, they were allowing him to shoot those, and he went 5 of 12 in three-point mm -hmm. range. But mm -hmm. there were a couple that he hit that were just practice shots in an empty gym. And I think overall, as we look at this game and we head back to Golden State, I do think that if you're Golden State, you got to feel relatively confident that Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, because Thompson was getting a whole bunch of guff for his play yesterday, and he didn't play very well. Steph Curry and Klay Thompson were really bad, I thought, in these first two games, by their own standards. Sure. They were very bad in these first two games. And yet... Mm -hmm. They earn home court back, and now you're back home at San Francisco with a 1-1 series tie. They're in a pretty good position despite playing, I thought, terrible basketball and having Draymond Green getting ejected in one of those other games and missing a significant chunk of the other with a lacerated eye he had to go back and get stitches for. Uh, you are correct, and I, I couldn't agree more with that assessment. In fact, I'm still kicking myself for not betting the Grizzlies last night because I thought that was a game that they were going to get in the series, and that was the best spot to bet them off that loss in game one. And uh, I don't think the Warriors are playing at that high a level. I know a lot of people were impressed by the way they played against the Nuggets in the first round, yep. but the Nuggets weren't playing good basketball aside from one guy. Nikola Jokic. Yeah. Uh, who's probably going to be the MVP, right? Is it going to be... Jokic is going to be uh, Embiid. I would assume, I'm, assume I'm, I'm running with the assumption that it's Nikola Jokic. Okay. That's what I think. At least. I think Giannis's little stretch there at the end kind of cannibalized some votes from, uh, from one Joel Embiid, although a lot of people are going to be unhappy about that. How about this? So, I do have to cut Clay Thompson yeah. a little bit of slack, too, because the guy hasn't played for so long. He, he's not quite the Clay Thompson we saw a couple years ago, but oh. he's still – Got the smooth jumper. You can't leave the guy open. No, you can't. But like yesterday, it was like it was about shot selection. Yeah. Like there are a couple possessions where, like at any time, you can get a contested mid-range baseline jumper. Right? You can get those whenever you really want. Mm -hmm. And Thompson was choosing to take those really early in the shot clock. Uh, there was a possession defensively where John Moran hit him with a really hard jab step, and he went back, and you know he, he ended up getting scored. I think it was the step back three that Ja hit there. Uh, for Curry, there were multiple possessions. There was one key possession down the stretch where I think it was Melton that hit a three, and on that possession. 
and Curry doesn't communicate properly with Draymond that he's switching off of him to go to Morant, and Draymond's yelling at him back down the court, like, what are you doing? And like, we were like multiple possessions defensively where Curry was just kind of lackadaisical in the way that he was communicating, switching. Like, I thought it was a really weird performance. And how about this? Curry Thompson, 30 of, 30 of 83 overall in the first two games. 30 of 83 and 13 of 45 on three-point attempts and still a 1-1 split mm. and going back to San Francisco. Yeah, so. they're going to have to play better than that. <clears throat> and they, they've got to play better on the defensive end of the floor too because if you think about the Warriors teams when they were at their best, they were elite defensively, and they're not that way right now. Clay Thompson's not the same. He was a great two-way player. He's not a great defensive player right now. Yep. Uh, Curry's never been a great defensive player. He's been okay at times, but – You've got to find a better way to defend Ja Morant because I, I thought it was rather embarrassing from Steve Kerr's perspective uh, how the Warriors failed to find a way to contain a guy who just goes left all the time. Yep. Well, and it doesn't help as well, which leads you kind of like from that, like dovetailing from the defensive game plan for the Warriors, that arguably your best on-ball defender is now done with a broken elbow. Gary Payton the yeah. second is done. It looks like that fall at the beginning of the game where Dylan Brooks hit him in the head and drove him down to the ground. Uh, he has suffered a broken elbow. So that is going to keep him out for a while. A fractured left <laughs> elbow. That's going to keep gonna, him out for a while. He's not going to be back next week with a broken elbow. But you'd also yeah. assume that – I mean, I'm assuming this – that Dylan Brooks is going to be done for, at the very least, a game in terms of a suspension – after the way he took uh, Peyton down at the beginning of the game yesterday? Probably one game. Right? So, again. I mean, how, how dirty did you think the play was? I, I wasn't outraged we, by it. I think what, what happens here is if Gary Peyton gets up and he's fine, you know, walks off the floor, he could still play, nobody's really talking about it. But because he broke his elbow, you know, it, it's a huge deal. It was a hard foul. Uh, you know, from watching the NBA, you're going to love this comment from the 80s and 90s. <laughs> yeah. Those fouls used to be commonplace all the time. Now, a foul like that, people are outraged. I can't believe that's a dirty play. You got to uh, set the guy out for the rest of the series. I, you know, it's a, it's a hard foul at the basket. It sucks that Gary Payton got injured. I don't really like the foul, but I'm not outraged by it. I think one game's probably enough. Right. Like, we, we use the term dirty way too much, especially when it right. comes like, the NBA stuff. I like you know, hard fouls at the basket. Don't let guys score at the rim. I thought, I thought the term for what Brooks did was reckless, not dirty. Right, like they, he's clearly going up already. You're mm -hmm. way behind him. You don't need to swat like, and he wound up like that's the other thing too. He winds yeah. up to swat him across the head. He falls on his elbow. Everything happens from there. But yeah, I thought I thought reckless was the better term than dirty. We overuse that. Last round, Warren Sharp was retweeting a hard screen from Carl Anthony Towns on John Murray. Like this is the dirtiest play I've ever seen. <laughs> it's like relax. Okay, here's another thing. You're watching this in slow motion too. You yeah, know, you yeah. watch it replay over and over in slow motion, and it looks a lot worse than it is. You got to remember. Uh, Dylan Brooks is going down, down there to defend the guy in a breakaway at the rim, and he's making a snap decision. I don't think he's uh, intentionally making a dirty hit on Peyton at the rim. Mm -hmm. He's trying to get physical, and he's not allowing him to score, which is the same thing I would do down there. But uh, unfortunately, uh, you get a lot of people out there calling it a dirty play, which I don't think it was. I think he was just trying to deliver a hard foul, and unfortunately, he got the worst, excuse me, he got the worst result from it. So uh, the series price, I think this is kind of interesting. So the Warriors are now minus 260 uh, to win this series. Mm -hmm. But I find interesting about this was, so some spots opened pretty low on the overall series price before it got started. Remember, Warriors lower seed, uh, minus 220 like or so. Uh, got bet up to as high in some spots as minus 270. Uh, but now the Warriors have home court going back to San Francisco, and you're about minus 260. But you're also without Peyton. Uh, you're also without Gary Payton, but I mean, 
as much as he is an important piece for them defensively, I would assume that he is not worth much to a series price line. No. On top of that, uh, Dylan Brooks being gone at least one game would hurt you a little bit if you're Memphis. So I'm just I'm not going to lay minus 260 on the series price. Uh, I don't really have an interest there. I think uh, the performances of the last two games have left a bad taste in my mouth for Golden State. But at the same time, it's pretty interesting that you're at a cheaper price than what it closed at before game one in some spots, despite you know despite everything that happened, taking home court and everything like that. No, that's a good point. I, I think the Warriors are going to be in for a fight to survive the series. I, I do think they'll survive the series, but I wouldn't want to lay 260 on this either because I, I don't like a lot of what I saw from Golden State in the first couple of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the big picture, I think, is where Gary Payton's absence maybe ha- has more of an impact as you go forward. When the Warriors go into a series against the Suns, go into mm-hmm. a series potentially in a series in the NBA Finals. Boston. <clears throat> It's Boston, maybe. Well, hopefully for you, it's Boston with your 66 to 1 ticket. Also, I mean, as we get to that, too, because the Boston Celtics, 109 86, we'll have more on this in a little bit. Uh, They even the series up, still down home court, obviously, against Milwaukee, but they get a 1 1 series tie going back to Milwaukee. Um, I would just really enjoy a Golden State Boston. Oh, I think that would be be a freaking awesome fight. Great. Hopefully, we'd have everybody healthy except Gary Payton. Right. Essentially, so you get, you're like, going to have to get Marcus Smart back, even yep. though they, they played an A-plus game without Marcus mm. Smart. It's almost like he wasn't their best defensive player, huh? You know, as you go into the game three of that series, <laughs> it's, it's amazing the influence or impact that three-point shooting has on the game now. It's, it's the dominant factor in the game. You, you don't have back-to-the-back centers, plotting yep. guys who look like they're wearing ski boots running up and down the Kimo floor. What was the difference in game two of that series? How about the Celtics making 23 pointers and the Bucks making three? 17 more three pointers yeah. to do it for you, huh? Yeah. Uh, sometimes, he, I don't know if you've heard this before, Matt. I kind of came up with this on my own. It's a make or miss league. And sometimes, yeah. if you miss the shots, you lose. Uh, also, Drew Holiday making one three pointer is not going to help either. You need a little help if you're Giannis, especially with Chris Middleton out. All right, we'll have more on that. We have two games later tonight. Uh, and um, I got to say, as a tease to best bets, I think I might be going back to the well with one of these underdogs. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. 
I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my That's my dance, <laughs> This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. Get your edge this playoff season with Body Armor Edge basketball throwdown. Join four free fantasy hoops contests and play for your share of $20,000 in total cash prizes. While the action unfolds on the court, head to DraftKings.com slash Body Armor Edge now to draft your best lineup and find out if you will outlast the competition. Body Armor more than a sports drink. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Get your edge. Uh, I'm uh, I'm up? laughing because, you know, Twitter's awesome for multiple things. It's also a terrible place. Uh, but highlights of <laughs> highlights of today's game in which um, Marcelo Zuna struck out a brave, uh, struck out on three straight balls from Tyler McGill today. It was uh, It's pretty good. It's pretty good. My guy McGill's doing pretty good. Best pitcher on the Shomei Yotani's fantasy baseball team. All right. That was a hell of a pickup. In fact, DraftKings right now has got him at 35-1 to 1 to win the Cy Young, I heard. That's right. Where'd you get that from? I don't know. Mm. But we can't bet it at DraftKings. No, we can't. No, we can't. That's weird. I didn't text you that. But I did text that to somebody else, which means my message got to you. Odd. All right. Let's talk a little bit more baseball. Or baseball. Basketball. We're going to get to baseball with Smoke and Koken. Dave Koken. Um... Really quickly, as you talked about, it's kind of a make-or-miss league in the uh, Milwaukee Bucks and losing that game to the Boston Celtics yesterday. I did think that it was pretty interesting that after they kind of, you know, I guess persevered through the storm that was the Boston Celtics just raining three after three mm-hmm. and killing them. There were multiple times in the fourth quarter where the Bucks cut that to 12, and you thought, like, yeah. okay, like, yeah, they might be able to get back in this. So I don't think this um, – I don't think this might be a sign of things to come for the Boston Celtics, you know, winning four straight and destroying Milwaukee and winning this thing in five. But uh, 
Just interesting to watch how Milwaukee was still able to stick around in that one. And Boston now three-point favorite. They don't play again until Saturday. Same thing with Golden State and Memphis. Not gonna, we're not going to see that series again until yeah, Saturday. Too much space between the games here. Kind of weird. And I, I know it's obviously a setup for TV, and you got to fill certain TV spots. So like a day off tomorrow, too? Like you can't give them standalone games, yeah. right? Just one game? It's kind of weird. That makes sense. I actually think these playoff games should be every other day. And um, really, you should never have three days between games. Right. It's a little lot. And um, for what it's worth, too, the Warriors actually had a really good record when it was uh, three days of rest. But the Memphis Grizzlies, a losing record when it was on three days of rest. So we'll see if that's actually going to transpire by the time we get to Saturday. Anyway, today, two games. Philadelphia 76ers take it on the Miami Heat. Let's talk about this. I think this is pretty interesting because there's actually a wide variety of numbers across the board here. You could still get eight and a half at a couple of spots and like eight and a half minus 110. You could also lay seven and a half if you want to with the Miami Heat, and that's over at Circa. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, I feel like, and you tell me because you, we like to use some of these books, and Circa's a sharp book. So if they're a little off market, you'd assume that they're going to get a pretty sharp player to come in and lay a number that's somewhat off market. But if I'm looking at a shop like Circa that's a seven and a half or the Westgate that's sitting at eight, I think the number's a little too high there at eight and a half, which, again, you could still grab. Um, Leads me to believe that there's not that much support in terms of laying it with Miami at an inflated price like this. Yeah, I think that's probably correct. But yeah. also, you you never know what sort of uh, what 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 the uh, what percentage of the money or how much money it might have taken a big bet on one side of the game. Yeah. You just don't know what liability the bookmaker has on the game exactly. So you can't always draw conclusions by. Uh, comparing numbers from one book to another and saying this is a sharp book. But, yeah, I don't, I, I definitely don't like to lay a number like this, especially when a team's up 1-0 in a series because those teams tend to not play with the same urgency in game two. You saw the Celtics come out down a game in the series and play with incredible urgency in game two. Right? Fire. I don't think the Heat's going to play with the same intensity it played, um, those players played with in uh, game one. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, that's why I wouldn't come back and lay a number like that. Plus what you said, don't forget, the Sixers led game one by one point at the half. Yep. And then they just fizzled, uh, Philadelphia did, in the second half. You get a better shooting performance, I think the Sixers are probably going to be in this game. You know, I know both dogs played dead uh, a couple of nights ago, talking about the Sixers and the Mavericks, and especially the Mavericks. They were in it late to cover, but they had a horrible start to that game. Uh, I think I think both dogs should look live tonight. I, I would look at the Sixers and the Mavericks tonight. Yeah, well, I did with the Philadelphia 76ers, and a couple of notes on this that kind of, I think, support the case there. So you mentioned the poor shooting um, for the Philadelphia 76ers. Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey, Danny Green, a combined 4 of 15 from three-point range. That's not going to cut mm-hmm. it. Uh, James Harden was 2 of 7, the only Philadelphia player to hit multiple three-point attempts in that game. From ESPN Stats and Info, Shooters for Philadelphia went 0 of 10 from deep off of hardened passes. That's not very good. And to I, I made this case on the podcast today, which, by the way, I have a new episode up right now, Hardwood Handicappers. Um, say what you want about Harden as a scorer right now. Harden's still a really damn good facilitator. And if you're going 0 of 10 on those shots, like those are more than likely high-quality looks that you're getting off of passes from mm-hmm. James Harden. you got to be able to hit those. And the last one on this, according to the NBA tracking data, Matt Ewens, the Philadelphia 76ers generated 12 wide-open three-point attempts on Monday. That's defender six feet or further away. They went one of 12 on those shots. Okay, you got to be able to hit those. And against a team that gives up a lot of three-pointers, like we talked about before the series started, 
those shots should still be there here today against Miami. I agree with what you said about Harden. I think he does a great job setting up guys for open looks and setting up scores. But he's going to have to be more of a scorer in a game like yep. this tonight. Yes, uh, you, you do need a little bit more from him. And the other part of this is Doc Rivers seems really set on using DeAndre Jordan at center. Boy, I tell you what, the, <laughs> met, the metrics show that's a bad strategy by the Sixers. But Doc is sticking to it just like he has no regrets about leaving Embiid in with no. a 30-point lead with three minutes to go. Doc, uh, the, uh, the 76ers outscored by – I know you love plus minus, but this is pretty telling – DeAndre Jordan played 17 minutes. They were outscored by 22 points mm-hmm. in his 17 minutes on the floor. With his time on the floor, they posted a 159.4 defensive rating. That, that means more to me. The plus minus can be impacted by yeah. a lot of other factors. But, uh, yeah, I think it's pretty obvious. The evidence is mounting that he should not be on the floor. And Doc Rivers says, uh, if you don't like it too bad, we're going to stick with him. Yeah. And the other part of it, too, is Miami. Because I thought in their half-court settings, there's a reason why they trailed by one at halftime. Like their half-court settings weren't that good. Mm-hmm. Their offensive rating in that game, 102. Their half-court offensive rating, 87.2. Kyle Lowry not being out there, it impacts them defensively, but their half-court offense looked pretty lost at times, and it was not very good throughout that entire game. What's Lowry's status going forward here? Uh, I think He's out for today, and then for going forward, we don't know. So I think they're going to go by a game-by-game basis. Mm-hmm. So... I think, to your point, I think it sets up pretty nicely for Philadelphia to kind of come back. The line opened nine. It's now down to as, as low as seven and a half, as you talked about with Circa. Um, and I also think from a totals perspective, so we're talking about all this potential like positive regression for the Philadelphia 76ers from a shooting perspective. Um, this is from cleaning the glass. Miami had an actual effective field goal percentage of 49.4% in that game, but a 56.1% expected. Philadelphia had a 44.4 effective field goal percentage and a 55% expected. Mm-hmm. So in other words, in layman's terms, uh, they shot very poorly on shots they should have made. So this looks like it could be a higher scoring game. Total opened as low as 206. It's up to 207 and a half or 208. So. What did you take? Eight, eight and a half? Eight, with and, a half. The, eight and a half with the Sixers? Yep, took eight and a half yeah, with the Philadelphia I, I kind of like that bet tonight, too. Yeah, and the other game, as you mentioned, so we get Dallas at Phoenix. This one's interesting because you said it. It was a really poor start for the uh, Dallas Mavericks. And it kind of led them to not covering that game because they were down in a hole really early. They clawed their way back at one point, I think was an early third quarter, that they cut it to like four. And it looked like they were going to be really competitive. That ultimately, it kind of got away from them. They got back into it. They failed to cover by a single point. And we don't really see any real adjustments here. Sun's six-point favorite in that game. They're six-point favorite here. Total 216. It was 214 and a half in that first game. So a slight bump there. For me, it kind of left a really bad taste in my mouth when you look at the way that they scored against Dallas. Mm-hmm. Dallas is a team that cuts off the rim. They're a team that doesn't allow three-point shots. They'll allow you to take those mid-range jumpers. The Suns want that. Devin Booker's an elite mid-range scorer. Chris Paul's an elite mid-range scorer. And you look at it, a ridiculous 11 of 16 on long mid-range shots, the Phoenix Suns. That's attempts outside of 14 feet, but inside the three-point line. And 21 of 43 on overall mid-range attempts. Like your style of defense, if it's going to allow this team to take mid-range shots, Chris Paul and Devin Booker are going to take it the whole time. And you need more from others. Like Luka Doncic scoring 45 is freaking awesome. But Reggie Bullock, Jalen Brunson, Spencer Dinwiddie, a combined 11 of 31 from the floor is not going to cut it. Watching the highlights here. And JaVale McGee McGee being uh, insanely athletic and getting a steal and then finishing in transition is also not going to really help your cause. Luka Doncic has to do so much for that team. He does, man. 
It really and like that's what kind of worried me. I think it makes it more impressive that the Mavericks were able to play as well as they did in the previous round when he was out. Yep. Yeah. And like there's like a like a math thing here. Like they're gonna shoot a lot more three pointers than the Phoenix Suns are. And you saw that at that point, like the the math equation almost worked out for them. It's why they were able to cut it to four and be pretty competitive at that right. game. They're a pretty good three-point shooting team. They operate from that area of the floor. Uh, but at the same time, it's like at some point, one, you got to get the easy buckets. You got to be able to get to the free throw line. You just got to be able to play better defensively. And their style just doesn't lend itself to that. So I was just I was really turned off from the uh, Dallas Mavericks game. Even though it was only a seven-point loss, I saw a lot of troubling signs. All right. Loss. Were you turned off enough that you're not going to take the Mavericks plus six? No, I haven't met. I haven't. I think six and a half. It's still six and a half up there. That Circa's got six and a half. Okay. Gold Nuggets got six and a half. Uh, MGM's got six and a half. I have not. Um, I've not ruled it out yet. I'll put it that way. I, it was somewhat troubling, but I also think that there's better performances from guys like Jalen Brunson and Spencer Dinwiddie in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know? So we will see. Uh, I will say that the total. Uh, the I think I would think that this starts to go down here because that was a slow-paced game. That was 94 possessions in game one. But it was really efficient offense. So if you get like a dip in efficiency and a similar type of game in terms of pace, you could see it going under the total. So has the total moved at all? Nah, it's oh, been yeah. stuck at two sixteen since it opened. Dave Koken coming up next. This is the Edge on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. As JVT knows, the first Saturday in May is always the Kentucky Derby. I know that. It's here. VSIN is offering you a special $9.99 Derby betting guide with previews of all the horses and jockeys for every race, plus best bets for the weekend, including the run for the Roses pre order. Your copy now, $9.99 at vsin.com slash derby guide. Once again, vsin.com slash derby guide. Dave Koken. Likes to bet the Derby, but I'm going to bet he doesn't have his horse uh, circled yet. Is that right, Dave? Yeah, and whoever I do circle probably will not win. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I'm still I'm still ahead for the last several years because I had Jackabo the year he won, and that was a big price. Uh, I haven't won one since, so uh, I would expect the losing streak to continue. Uh, Dave, take it from me. Uh, somebody who had Medina Spirit last year uh, because he shares a surname with my wife. Just go that route. Just guess. It, it really worked out for me, so I think it'll work out for a lot of people. Um, like Good strategy. <laughs> all right, let's let's get to what we saw earlier today before we get to some of the games that have yet to go on. Uh, first off, this tweet from Buster Olney. There's going to be a whole lot of discussion about what just happened in the Diamondbacks game. Madison Bumgarner ejected after words were exchanged during the usual check of his hands for a foreign substance. And you, adding to it, no one can convince me that that ump wasn't baiting Mad Bum into an argument more disgraceful Major League Baseball officiating. Uh, I think it's pretty succinct what you thought there, and it did seem pretty clear that the umpire was trying to get some sort of reaction out of Mad Bum. He never even looked at his hands. Yep. That's what the inspection's supposed to be all about. He never even looked at his hands. I, I don't know whether there was some exchange in the first inning. It's possible there was. But the umpire, in, in my opinion, instigated the confrontation, and, and Mad Bum is not going to walk away from that. Uh, he's just not the type. Uh, and, uh, you know, he gets thrown out of the game. It's ridiculous. These guys have to be held accountable, and Major League Baseball is doing nothing about it. I know you're a big fan of uh, Angel Hernandez as a home plate ump, right? <laughs> He's not the only bad one. I mean, <laughs> you've got guys. I mean, Angel Hernandez has always been awful. But you've got guys that are just too old and can't get it done anymore. Uh, they're guys in basically in my age group. 
they should not be umpiring games. They're just reaction. The reaction time isn't there. He had a game this weekend. Uh, I think it was Monday, actually, the Angels game, where the the first base umpire four challenges on calls at first base. He got overturned every time. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I saw that's that as well. it's terrible. We follow him on Twitter at Dave Koken, also at Wager Talk, smoking Koken, uh, Mr. Baseball with us. Sorry, Dave, yesterday I tried to beat the Yankees, and the Blue Jays led after five, if you bet the first five, but the bullpen imploded in the seventh, and now the Yankees roll again. Today it's nasty Nestor Cortez, who was not that nasty in his last outing. No, he wasn't. Uh, minus 140 against Kikuchi for Toronto. Are you going to play the Yankees today, Dave? Yeah, I did. Um, why not? They're on a roll. Cortez actually showed me something last time out because he didn't have his best stuff and he managed to get through anyway. And uh, Kikuchi has been absolutely terrible so far. And you have to wonder at this point, how long is Toronto going to leave him in the rotation? He's been one of the worst pitchers in MLB in a, a season that thus far has been dominated by pitching. That's actually a good question. How long is he going to stay in the rotation? He's probably going to get beat around by the Yankees tonight if the trends continue. Total in that game is eight in Toronto. Uh, let's go to a, another ALEs team. Baltimore Orioles playing host to the Minnesota Twins here, Dave. Uh, Bradish has taken on Bundy, uh, and I think uh, that you are on the side of the Minnesota Twins here on the road, correct? Yeah, I, look, Bundy, uh, I got beat last time out with Bundy, and I think a regression was expected. He's, he's not as good as he showed the first few weeks of the season, certainly. But he's got an edge here as he goes against his former team. Uh, I've watched Bradish, and uh, let's just say he's a back-end guy at best, uh, based on what I've seen. The Twins are on a big roll right now, so why not ride the hot team? Uh, I think the Twins, at a reasonable price, are, are a decent bet. Uh, by the way, really quickly, because you were on with us at the beginning of the season talking about uh, you don't play many futures, but one of them was uh, this guy, Byron Buxton, who's off to a pretty good start here. How do you feel about this? Because even in these last three games of the month of May, uh, he's hitting 357 over those three games. He's been hitting the ball out of the park. He looks fantastic. Yeah, but they'll have to throw Jose Ramirez out of the league yeah. at this point for anybody else to get the MVP. Not that there's other guys not having I mean, Trout's been fantastic so far for the Halos. Uh, but, but if Buxton plays 140 games, who knows? All right, you know who's not a decent bet? The Cincinnati Reds. But if you want to play oh. against the Reds every day, <laughs> that's not a bad strategy. Lay the, lay the run and a half. Dave, I did a little uh, research on the Reds last night. The, uh, we call this the Little Red Machine. Uh, and the Reds right now are 3-20. and 20. You know how many of those losses have been by two or more runs? I think it's eight. Is it 17 or 18? 17. There it is right there. Uh, the little red machine, 3 and 20. 17 of those losses by two or more runs. And uh, runs per game for the Reds, 3.04. Allowed, 6.0. How about this? On April 11th, the Reds were a red hot 2 and 2 with a plus 4 run differential. Since then, 1 and 18, minus 72. And Dave, eight of the next 13 games are against the Pirates. So maybe yeah. a little uh, light at the end of the tunnel for the Reds, but uh, I think you're going to put the Brewers in a money line parlay today. How often have you played against Cincinnati during this slide? Several times, thankfully. Uh, I wish I'd have just been rolling the bets over. I'd, I'd be buying another new car. Uh, <laughs> but today I decided to go money line parlay with the Brewers and the Astros, who are up big right now. So in effect, I'm going to have the Brewers at plus 110 in the uh, game against the Reds, which I don't mind that. 
No, oh, so the uh, I feel I feel yeah. like you feel pretty good about the Cardinals game that's over. By the way, yeah, ten nothing. Uh, St. Yes. Louis Cardinals get a win uh, over Adam the Kansas Wainwright, City Royals. Pretty good today, getting a lot of ground ball outs as yeah. usual. Uh, yeah, and Chris Bubich, if they're going to keep starting him, I'll keep fading him. Um, I'm wondering if the Royals are talking to Cincinnati about trading him to, to the Reds. He'd fit in very well with that team. <laughs> Bubich has been a train wreck so far, especially in first innings. And five spot today didn't even last the first inning. Um, as long as they keep sending Bubich out there, I think you just fade him. All right, let's talk about Giants and Dodgers. And Dave, I, 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 I know you liked the Giants last night. They had a lefty yep. on the on the hill who was in great form. He, I thought he got squeezed on the strike zone early, gave up a uh, two-run single after a couple of walks. Uh, tough loss for the Giants last night. Alex Wood goes to the mound tonight at plus 140 against Tony Gonsolin. Uh, would you roll with the Giants again tonight, or uh, is this a stay away for you? Is Gonsolin back in? Because as of this morning, it looked like he'd been scratched and they were going to bullpen. I haven't checked it since. Um, Actually, right the, now, Circa is showing Gonsolin as a starter. I mean, okay. that doesn't mean it's 100%, but that's what it's showing. Yeah. I, I mean, I'd go action just to be safe. Uh, can assume Wood's going to be out there. and The Dodgers still aren't hitting lefties. So, you know, if you if you got to take your shots against the Dodgers, it's when the opposition has a lefty on the mound, especially if it's a decent lefty. And I think Alex Wood qualifies as a decent lefty. He's not a world beater, but he's okay. So I would lean Giants at the price here. I think there's some value, even though they lost a tough game last night. And check the lineups for the Gi- Giants. They might have a couple of their guys back tonight. Yeah, Brandon Belt's been out. yustrzemski mm-hmm. uh, has been out. Uh, who's supposed uh, to be back tonight, Dave? Well, uh, Longoria, I believe, played – in a rehab last night, I don't know what his status is for tonight. And uh, uh, Lamonte uh, Wade. Okay. So, uh, again, I would check the lineups before betting that. Because if those two guys are back, that's not that's not a bad value play. Plus 144 right now at South Point. Hey, Dave, general question for you because, you know, the uh, the – the Mariners, or excuse me, the Mariners, excuse me, the Marlins have been playing pretty good baseball uh, up to this point, but I've noticed the market's getting super high on them. The other day, I think they were $2 favorite. Today, they were minus 165. Has the market gotten out a little over its skis here, or is this like legitimate in terms of the prices that this team's laying right now? It, it, it's, it's a tough call because their starting pitching, today being an exception, yeah. has been really good. Uh, you've got three aces uh, in uh, Alcantara, uh, Pablo Lopez, who had a little bump in the road the other day, but he's very good. And uh, Luzardo, whose stuff is phenomenal when he's got his command. Rogers, you got to figure, will be better as the season goes along. And we'll see what happens in the fifth spot. The Hernandez is out there today. I'm not sure how long they go with him in the fifth spot, but I, I guess you could do worse as number five stars. The problem is um, their offense is a little bit sketchy. And so... I, and look, they will play the Diamondbacks, but nobody has much regard for it, and with good reason. Uh, but Arizona is playing surprising ball right now. We'll see what Miami's prices are as they go to the West Coast and face the Padres. I might be looking at them tomorrow mm-hmm. uh, with Luzardo against Nick Martinez. All right, Dave. By the way, Giacomo won the Derby in 2005. You haven't won a Derby uh, since then? I, I think I had one, uh, and that was the horse that got disqualified. I had that as well. Yeah, it was two years ago. That was tough. Uh, all right, Dave, let's uh, wrap it up. It might be a rough night for the Blue Jays. How about the other Toronto team? We've got about 30 seconds left. Uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, do you like the Maple Leafs tonight? If they don't beat themselves, the Maple Leafs are going to win this series. They're better than Tampa. This is not the same Lightning team as we've seen in winning the two consecutive Cups. I like I like the Leafs tonight. I, I think uh, the home crowd is going to be absolutely insane, as they were 
in game one. And I think it's it's Toronto's series to lose at this point. But they've done but they've done that in the past. Dave, good to talk to you, man. Thank you very much. See you guys. Thank you. You got it. Uh, Maple Leafs, too, by the way, you can find them in the range of like minus 128, minus 125. So shop around for that price. We'll come back. uh, We get best bets and more as you wrap up the day. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know. What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dad. <laughs> this is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
You ready for a fresh start? Yeah. Take the Zen 10 Challenge. Switch up the way you've been enjoying nicotine. Available in a variety of tastes and strengths. Zen nicotine pouches deliver smoke-free and spit-free nicotine satisfaction. Try Zen nicotine pouches for 10 days. Your money back. Your fresh start is here. Take the Zen 10 Challenge today. ZYN.com slash 10. ZYN.com slash 10. Zen nicotine pouches only for adults 21 or older who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Warning, product does contain nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. You know, I might, uh, in a couple of days here, I might have to find my Zen. You know what happened? No, I don't know what happened. Tell us. One of the worst things that could happen to a parent. Uh, your kid got invited to a birthday party. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a nonstop parade of birthday parties here for, the, for the next 15 or 16 it's, years. That's what I'm told. Uh, you got two little kids. Yep. Well, at least you have, you have a wife. She can go out and shop for the presents. You don't have to do oh, that yeah, crap, yeah. do you? That's, yeah. When it comes to present gift, that's, Isabel's just, yeah, go. Just take How it. about cash? Can you give little kids cash? Oh, and that's the thing. I just don't give even, like we, 10 bucks in an envelope or 20 bucks or something like that. Can you do that? Because it's a kid from his his preschool class. Uh-huh. So like I don't even know the kid. Like I don't know what the, you know, they just gave out invitations at the at the school. Um, so yeah, we don't know the kid. We don't know what they like. I want to give them cash, but Isabel says no, that that's not thoughtful. And I'm like, I don't like uh, I no, think it's I, the most thoughtful gift in the world. All right. I hate to disagree with Isabel, but if you're a kid, you want cash. That's what I think. Yeah. Okay. I think we're gonna go that way. I don't want to go. But ten yeah, bucks, ten bucks would be bad, enough. You know what I mean? For a kid that age, I think you don't you don't want to be like the person that doesn't show up. And what if nobody shows up? It weighs on my conscience. I just I got to be a good person. I'll go. All right, best bets. Speaking of cash, didn't get any yesterday. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks plus five, smacked to the face, slapped around. There was Boy. you know I, I I heard Matt Yuma's voice in my head yesterday in the fourth quarter when they cut it to twelve with like seven minutes no, left, nothing. and I was like, ooh, maybe, maybe no. I only need them to outscore them by seven. Nothing, no, nothing worse than hope. Nothing worse than hope. They ultimately there was a point where I think they gave up a three to somebody. I think it was the Tatum, and they just you could tell they were just like, all right, let's get out of here. We're done. <laughs> um, so the Bucks plus five does not get there uh, today, though. We're back at the well with the uh, the Philadelphia 76. Everything we've discussed here with Philadelphia, there are a lot of good signs that Philadelphia, from a shooting standpoint, is going to have some positive regression. Um, and even if, because Miami, there are signs for them too. Uh, but as I was, was talking about on my podcast earlier today, Matt, the jump from the percentage, the expected percentage and field goal percentage from what the uh, Philadelphia 76ers would have done as opposed to the Miami Heat, much greater for Philly as opposed to the missed opportunities on the floor. I think they're going to be able to stick around in a big number like this. So give me the Philadelphia 76ers plus eight and a half. Tonight. I like that bet. In fact, I'm gonna. I made the same bet on the app during the show. I took the eight with the Sixers. So I didn't get eight and a half, so didn't get the best number. Oh, look at this. We got a we got a suggestion. Ke- Kelly Bidlin yeah. of Vsin sent a suggestion for the the kids' birthday party. I like it. He says take a six pack of beer and six frozen McRibs. Yeah, here, kid. Here's okay. six frozen McRibs from Uncle Humans. <laughs> <laughs> take a six, don't don't take, spend it all in one place. Take a six pack of PBR too. So that's. Man, huh? back in the day when it was $1.25 for, like, two big tall cans. Oh, boy. Real good stuff. All right, what do you got? Anything baseball today or just from yesterday? Uh, last night I should have played the Blue Jays in the first five instead of the full game. Alec Manoa was as good as I thought he would be. Six innings, yep. 91 pitches. Blue Jays led 1-0 after five. It was 1-1. He left the game in the seventh. How can you be this bad in a bullpen? The Blue Jays' first two relievers got one out and gave up seven runs. Mm-hmm. How can you be that bad? It's hard to be that bad if you tried. Yes. You get one out and give up seven runs. Anyway, they got bombed. I, I think that's a lesson that I'm going to have to split these bets. 
either a half unit first five in the game or just bet the first five when you're betting on a pitcher. I mean, you know me with the whole buy low, sell high, and how much I handicap just the pitchers. I've become more like almost strictly a first five yeah. guy because the the randomness of a bullpen can really get you. I mean, look at the Mets today. McGill did a decent job. He ended up giving up three runs, but you're still in that game. And then the bullpen comes in completely and implodes behind him. And then mm-hmm. you're talking about a, what was it like a nine two deficit or whatever it was at the end of that game. So. Yeah, that was my mistake. I actually thought about betting the first five. I said I'll just play the game. I got a feeling the Yankees win streak's gonna end. Nah, didn't happen. Yeah, Simber didn't. Do Alec Manoa well, so. did his part. Anyway, uh, quick. Review of uh, the Wells Fargo Championship plays at TPC Potomac this week. And uh, uh, for the guy on Twitter who says I copy everybody else's plays, <laughs> I was the first one to put out plays this week. <laughs> and Copycat. I'm the, and I'm the first one to put out plays every week. I send them to Wes and Brady before uh, I see their plays. So I noticed that Jeff Seeley had three common plays that I have. Oh, so he this copied week. you. So did, did he copy me? Yeah, oh, let's wow. see. Wow. But I sent my plays out first this week. Like I do every week. Anyway, Corey Connors at twenty to one, Abraham Answer at twenty-eight to one, Seamus Power thirty-five, and Cameron Young forty-two. I know Dave Koken, who's been red hot in golf. Uh, tw- um, he emailed this morning and said Cameron Young's the hot guy that everybody seems to be tipping this week, so he's going going to ignore him, which uh, yeah, that's probably a good strategy. You don't. I hate to be on the the hot long shot, but like I said, I was on Cameron Young before. I saw everyone else on hey, Cameron man. Young. You know what they say about Dave Koken. I've also been playing Cameron Young for the last two months. He's going to win, and he's going to win at a big number here pretty soon. What's up? Only got one eye, but it's on the prize, baby. <laughs> That's that is true. <laughs> you know, smoking Koken, I call him Mr. Baseball. Mm-hmm. But he can handicap hockey. He can handicap college football like nobody else. And he won a Kentucky Derby 17 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Man, I did feel like uh, when last year when I did hit that that uh, that horse to win it, whatever the hell, I, you could tell I handicapped a lot. I was like, this is insulting. The fact that I just fired it up five minutes before, and I was like, ah, you know, Medina, Weiss made nail, let's do it. Got it. Well, you know, I was at the Derby Lane dog track, I'm going to say about 10 years ago. Yeah. Just for entertainment, playing the dogs. I like to bet the dogs once in a while. I think it was the first race, and uh, my parents lived down there at the time. My mom picked – Three dogs and hit a trifecta in the first race. Get out Just of random three dogs hit the try right away. <laughs> That's awesome. So like she's got, got a talent for it. Don't even have to handicap the right. form. Just pick I've, three and hit the try. I've bet on two Kentucky Derbies in my life, and I have won money on both of them, and I just don't think I'm going to do anything else after that. The other was when was it Justify? It was like a massive favorite, and I put like some box, like some you know win place shows and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff and whatnot. And oh, I you did know what so. else? Yeah. Uh, our buddy Adam Hill. Yeah. We're down at Del Mar like seven or eight years ago, and he wasn't even reading the racing form, and he hit like four trifectas in one day. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a slap into the face to guys like Sean King, who tweeted out a picture of him <laughs> with a, a notebook and a pen and I think the racing forum and a computer. He's studying away. And then there's <laughs> there's guys like me who show up the day of, like, I like that name. Let me pick it. It ultimately cash away. Um, all right, with that, really quickly, uh, I want to get your thoughts because we talked about Wood and Gonsolin potentially facing off Giants-Dodgers. Uh, the Angels lose yesterday. Uh, Reed Detmers is going to take the hill here against Garrett Whitlock and the Boston Red Sox. And I got to tell you, I don't – and Shohei Otani is going to be back here, and he's actually set to pitch tomorrow. So he's back in the lineup. He'll be good to go. Mm-hmm. I can't get a read on how good this Angels team is because their schedule has been somewhat soft. Yeah. And they've lost three out of four now, and it's not like sky is falling or anything like that. But I do find it t- tough to kind of gauge how effective this team is 
when the competition hasn't really been that good. And even like the White Sox, White Sox are a beat-up team. Can't really take too much out of a two-game or a four-game split with Chicago. You know, I find interesting here, and I'll, you can do the research if you have time tonight. Mm-hmm. It seems to me that the Angels never play well in Boston, and they don't win much in Boston. Memory tells me that it is not a very friendly place for the Angels. I think they win more yeah. in New York than they do in Boston. Yeah. And just for, you know, I watch all the Angels games that I have for the last 15 years, and it, it seems like they rarely win on the road against the Red Sox, but they, they, they can beat the Yankees in the Bronx. And um, obviously yesterday the offense was a no-show for the Angels of Fenway Park, but like you said, Shohei was out of the lineup, right? Yeah, and uh, that's kind of the thing that bothers me about this team. And I will say this about today. Uh, it's only four starts and 17 and a third's worth of work, but Reed Detmers does have some stuff that if you look at it, like a 376 expected fielding independent despite the 519 ERA, um, if like across the board there are numbers that would indicate that he's a little bit better than what he's given up. Ground ball to fly ball ratio of 105, so he's not terrible. At least he'll keep the ball down a little bit. So at like plus 121 or so, if you're going to get a, an effective Angels lineup showing up, which has been hit or miss kind of con, uh, in terms of consistency. But Detmers is not the worst in terms of a profile to look at at a plus price mm-hmm. against the Boston Red Sox. No, I decided to pass on that. There was one dog in baseball tonight. We talked about it with uh, Smoke and Coke and that uh, caught my eye. I was te- I'm tempted to play the Giants tonight at about plus 145. Yeah. In fact, last night I thought – did you watch uh, any of uh, Rodon's start? I had it Giants? on the second screen, but I was watching. It was, man, it was right good. up there with uh, – He's good, man. He, he is. He's on point this year. He's one of the best pitchers in baseball right now. He didn't get any run support last night, and I, I did think he got squeezed in the strike zone a couple times on those walks early against the Dodgers before the two-run single. Uh, but uh, he's, a, he's a pitcher you can back. He's a pitcher you can bet on and win for the Giants. Well, and the Giants are – I. To give Kapler and that the organization credit, I mean, even in a game like that, they're still real. They're still in it the entire way. Like yeah. you said, it's a three-one game. Uh, they have the ability to potentially go, and I think it was the uh, the eighth inning where they were getting a little friskier, a little bit late there too. So, and um, even in the ninth, Flores walks right to start the inning, and you're thinking, okay, here they come. And well, the one reason I backed off the Giants last night, I just didn't like their look of their lineup on paper. Yeah. It looked like they were not going to have enough offense, and they didn't have it. Nope. All right, and it's a big day in terms of day games, so we still got some contests that are underway. Three of them right now. Houston up 7-2 over Seattle, top of the eighth. Tie-tie, uh, or excuse me, 0-0 tie, end of the fifth between Tampa and Oakland, and uh, Pittsburgh-Detroit tied up at Goose Eggs at the end of the first inning there. We're all done. vcin.com slash podcast, where you want to go. If you missed out on any part of this show or conversation with Dave Koken, coming up next, it is my guys in the desert here on vcin. We'll talk to you tomorrow. that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. 
I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.